Man, Steven, what's up, brother? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Everybody, Dusty, the whole world. <laughs> hey, well, actually, I'll say, I say world because uh, seven different countries are eight different. So I could say world technically, even if it's like one person in India. Uh, Steven, <laughs> can you do a <laughs> uh, give us a little short intro? I know, Dusty, you guys are just meeting each other. I know you heard, heard a lot about uh, you, but uh, just a quick refresher for anyone who hasn't heard the episode. Uh, what did you do? How did we meet? And uh, what are you currently doing? Um, well, I'm Steven, as you know. Uh, me and Roger met on a <clears throat> men's act retreat, which was an amazing experience. I think everyone should, uh, any man should uh, experience that in their life. Um, right now, I am uh, currently working on. Uh, few stuff of my own few projects now when i met you you, you were doing the stand-up and you're taking a little break but uh, yeah i'm taking a little break from that right now I, I'm, I'm having a little bit of uh i call it the bo burnham and uh, no disrespect to him or anything he's a great comedian uh he had uh severe panic attacks uh when he was doing stand-up co- uh comedy uh and i've been reaching that point where i've been getting a lot of uh, anxiety of going up on there so i'm trying to try see what else i can do other than doing stand-up uh, where my talents can be used. Hopefully, you get back on there because I've always said, like, you, you live here in Texas. I was like, man, if you ever do a show, let me know. I'll go over there and check it out, do a road trip. But speaking for like uh, stand up or getting in front of crowds, getting nervous, what like the biggest night in Hollywood just happened Sunday with the Oscars? Dusty, we're gonna have a little little Oscar party. I was looking forward to it too because I was like, man, we should play a game every time like something happens. You got to take a shot. Jimmy Kimball says something about Trump. You got to take a shot every time somebody says something, you know, like games like that. Uh, but how did you, what, what was your initial reactions, Dusty, of watching this from home? I thought that it was the most inclusive Oscar telecast that we've seen. You know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, we were having uh, people were upset at the Academy saying it was too white. And then we saw people canceling the telecast and ratings shooting downward spiraling downward i haven't seen the numbers ratings wise how the how this telecast did but boy it appears that the academy has done a 180 and now not only are you getting more presenters that are different colors and uh creeds and people from all over the country i mean all different countries just all over the world but you're also getting lots of different winners who are multicultural as well so that was a very sort of eye-opening thing. I'm not sure how much of that is really organic. One of my friends put out a, a post today uh, criticizing, and by the way, he's Iranian. Really? He's Iranian, yeah. And and he is a filmmaker. He's mm-hmm. done a couple of independent films. Um, and um, he said, I think the Academy has lost their sense of what makes great cinema. Wow. So. You know, when you look at that statement, um, it's an interesting statement because, yeah, the winner of this year's best picture and just swept Oscars left and right was Everything Everywhere All at Once, a movie yeah. that was made for very little money. Uh, uh, congratulations to them, by the way, they kicked butt, right? But yeah, definitely. was it a was it a, a spectacle? Was it something that we stayed in awe of, like we both did, Roger, when we saw Elvis? Earlier in the year, I think that helped that hurt Elvis, the chance of Elvis is getting any uh, big awards because they were so early in the year. But that was a spectacle. That was amazing. That was, you know, huge budgets. That was like cinema at its best, at its finest. So you take that versus an independent project like uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I enjoyed. It was a little long to sit through, but 
Um, but creatively, it was amazing. Uh, I didn't watch the Oscars. I'm gonna be completely honest, and I don't know if you know this or like I'm really a lot of anti uh, big flashy stuff. I don't like putting on big like things and award shows. I think stuff. yeah, I think well, I think since they're actors already, they're already putting on a, another show. Uh, for to be an actor, it's really tough. You have to your whole life is lying, literally, it's <laughs> lying. So you know, I know it, it is. So you you it's it's just like it's like psychology. I had a psychology class over it, so it's really it's really difficult for them to have lives outside of their roles. Brendan Fraser, uh, uh, one, and I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. I heard he made a big comeback, and that's I, I, that's something I'm really I was really proud of, and I saw that I that I saw on red. Um, but I didn't watch the Oscars myself. Yeah, yeah. But Brandon Fraser, he's he went away for a while, and then he came. He was in the Mummy movies and all the. What was that? The one? What was the one? Uh, um, the one where he, the She Devil. Remember where he like she's the devil, and then she goes around granting wishes. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw that, Dusty. Um, you remember that movie? A classic, George of the Jungle. It sounds like go. the kind of movie that I would watch. I think it was called Bedazzled. Oh, there you go. Yes, Bedazzled. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was way back, believe it or not, in 2000. Yeah. 23 yeah. years ago, you're talking about. Wow. Crazy. Crazy how time 23 flies. 23 years ago. Yeah, that's the it one is. where he plays a Colombian drug kingpin, right? That's very problematic now. You, I don't think you could get away with that now. It's very, very problematic. But right, he plays very like a, uh, he's like he starts being in Spanish. He's like a hopeless dweeb. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. But his movies are always good. Like I think he did good. But like one of the things too is is the cinematography. A lot of people were saying that like why wasn't the Batman in there? And I say yeah, man, the Batman wasn't in there. You had Elvis. You had Empire of Light by the great Roger Deakins. So I thought, like, I don't know how many awards he's won. Um, you had uh, James Friend, who actually won for All Quiet on the Western Front, and a Netflix film. Beautiful cinematography, but I think that was a snub. Is The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, that should have gotten nominated for cinematography. Even Roger Deakins himself, who was nominated, said that some, something to effect that, that it was a shame that he thought The Batman was the best cinematag uh, uh movie for a cinematographer <laughs> so again all inclusive man all inclusive and and i agree with you i mean that that seemed to be a snub that that batman wasn't in there but each academy uh member uh depending on what your level of expertise is when they nominate these films um you get to vote for the people that are going to be nominated right first and then after you have the nominees then everybody votes but you have to be in that job that category to actually vote for that category so those are all cinematographers uh if we're talking about best cinematography that made that decision so yeah dusty and do you have you ever voted on the oscars before i know you have a i don't remember if it's the the uh, emmy card or or the oscars card that you get to vote and stuff like that is it for the oscars I'm I'm a member of the Academy, but the Television Academy, not the Film Academy. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, the, the Television, uh, uh, the Emmys uh, are the the thing that I get to vote for, not the Oscars. Ah, uh, okay, okay, not the okay. Are, can you be bought? I just want to know my favorite TV show. <laughs> ah, how well, much I can. <laughs> I can certainly be bought, but I, it, it doesn't <laughs> guarantee you a vote. <laughs> oh man, come on! I want my favorite just movie. Kidding. I, if I had a, if you had a guess, like who would win best? visual effects uh what do you who do you think won um for this year yes um, just without even watching it who do you think won just take a wild guess 
Yeah, uh, who was best visual effects? All Quiet on the Western Front, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Batman. Finally, a nom- two nominations: Top Gun, Maverick, and Avatar: Way of Water. Um, probably Avatar because of just a long wait. <laughs> Somebody was telling me like, "Oh, who do you uh, do you think Avatar would win? Avatar two would win." And I was like, uh, "Does Santa's sweet tooth make him a diabetic?" Yes, of course. <laughs> but original screenplay, everything, everywhere, all at once, they won. They were in there with Fablemans, Banshees of of Aaron Sheeran. Now we know how to say it because they said it so much because everyone, nobody could know how to say it. like that movie that Banshees of Anishirin. Uh, <laughs> but now we know how to say it because they said it so much. Uh, Women Talking was uh, won for best adapted screenplay, uh, and you know what? The, I'm, that movie I actually saw. So uh, I was just telling my wife when I first saw the movie, we, we put it on, and it was called Women Talking. I should have known from the title I was in trouble, just punishing myself already. <laughs> and the whole time I'm there with my wife, and she gets she gets mad whenever I'm watching movies because I see the I I can't unsee it, so I see the messaging, and I'm like, oh, patriarchy, bad religion, bad. It's one of those movies, religion, bad men, horrible. Like so, like the whole time I was just like whining and complaining and stuff like that my wife was like, oh my goodness hey you know we're talking about watching old movies you yeah. remember you remember encino man yeah, encino yeah. Man. so we have Classic. two guys that were in encino man in a yes. brief scene together that just won best actor and best supporting actor how yes. crazy is that k Hui kwan uh who was the best supporting actor yeah. and of course brendan fraser right um amazing awesome. amazing that is amazing <laughs> that is crazy because that was like you know Polly Shore is somewhere like pissed off. He's like, "What?" He's squeezing the juice. <laughs> he was in there squeezing the juice. He's like, "This should be me." He's yeah. in the cage. This should be me. He's like, oh, the way he screams. Remember? He's like, the last yeah. thing I saw him in was in a TV show called Workaholics. Really? He was in a cage. Uh, Michelle Yao for everything all at once. So she and she actually won the uh, SAG award, the big award for actors. You know what was interesting is there's been a little bit of controversy. I don't really know why, but uh, I think because they're they thought that um, Wakanda Forever was going to win. Um, mm. Yes, they, they definitely thought um, – what, what, I'm going blank on her name. Um, uh, Angela Bassett. I was, I, was, I was saying Tina Turner. Angela Bassett was the front runner, except that at the SAG Award, you had Jamie Lee Curtis win, and that kind of threw everything for a loop. Well, Michelle Yeoh definitely had probably the most uh, difficult role because – I can only even imagine reading the script for everything everywhere all at once oh. and trying to keep track of all the craziness oh, and, yeah, and so forth. So she did a spectacular job. I feel like she definitely deserved it. Kate Blanchett did a terrific job. That's what Harvard. I thought she was going Definitely win. not as difficult as Michelle and Ana de Armas, who's, you know, one of the beautiful up and coming starlets, right? That was a surprise. Jamie Lee Curtis, everybody in the industry wow. thinks that she's super sweet, wonderful, great to work with and very humble. And so I think she got a lot of votes for that reason. Mm. Um, everybody likes her. So, uh, you know, I don't uh, particularly disagree that she did also a very good job and that she was definitely not playing her standard type character what would you need to see for them to get your eyeballs 
probably more uh, support of independent uh, film festival does oh, okay. uh, promote a you know promote a film that doesn't get as much like but is like an underrated b-rated movies or yeah low-rated budget but they actually have like a heart-filled story to it or maybe mm. even a religious backstory there, there's there does seem to be that's never gonna happen <laughs> yeah <never> exactly <laughs> they, exactly that's why i was like i'll never watch the Oscar. just that maybe would bring a little bit more for me Dusty, how much does the politics play into it? If, if like I said, you're two-time Emmy-nominated award, and you've been to many different award shows, and how is the politics? And what is the after parties like? That's what I want to know. What do they have? The crazy after parties like? The after parties are amazing because you get to Look meet that smile on his face. Look at that. Uh, Look at you get to smile. meet a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the people that you've been watching their projects or maybe even working on their projects with uh, and hang out for a few hours and go crazy with amazing probably the most amazing food i've ever had in my life anywhere yeah we're catered by you know people like wolfgang pup and puck and stuff so you um you you really enjoy that those moments and you get to look across the room and see all the people you've been watching on the big screen or on television all year and uh, and rubbing elbows with them sitting with them talking to them having a drink with them um that's what was the funniest fun. memory that that would you one of the actors that maybe that you've seen or grown up was there any like a crazy memory like a funny one that you remember a funny memory of an actor oh uh, specifically at yeah. an award show mm-hmm. hmm I don't know if I have any specific ones at an award show. I'll tell you what's kind of trippy is when you get the Emmy at the governor's ball right afterwards, which is the way that the show is done usually right now. You don't have to drive. You don't have to get in the car to go to the governor's ball. The governor's ball is usually like right next door. So um, is you see the nominees with their Emmys Mm. and they go up to the bar and there's several bars in the in the in the room, uh, in the complex because it's more than a room; it's yeah. huge. And um, and they walk up with their Emmy and they hand it over to a guy who sits there, takes the Emmy, and walks it over to an engraving station and engraves the Emmy with your name and the show and the title. Whoa. Because when they have these, nobody knows who's going to win, right? Yeah, so they have yeah, them yeah. blank. So it's kind That's of right. funny to see all these big stars walking up there and uh and, and sitting mine. there <laughs> anticipating getting their emmy back with yeah. their name on that's kind of a trip to see that that's fun <laughs> but um yeah you get to you get to hang out you're if you take your dates your spouse with you to the parties they get to take pictures with some of their favorite stars and everybody's got their iPhones out yeah. smack you know taking pictures it's a lot of fun, did but it's a, a lot of um, like, oh, I got to meet that guy. And you didn't get to meet him or, or you did like, oh, look, there's Denzel. There's Denzel Washington. And, and you didn't get to. Yeah, meet him, some like, oh. some like every like everybody else, you know, some celebrities are very approachable and others just kind of give you a dirty look. So <laughs> they don't want to be bothered. Oh, wow. uh, one, one that I found that was amazingly approachable and very friendly to everybody that surprised me was Nicole Kidman. Uh, she's just really? absolutely beautiful in person and and very approachable and very nice. Uh, um, and there are others who will go unnamed who were not so nice, who were acting like crotchety <laughs> old men. So, Oh, man. But, yeah, I <laughs> I got to hang out once with uh, Vince Gilligan, who was a creator of my favorite oh, Breaking TV Bad. series, yeah. oh, Breaking Bad, and jealous. Better Call Jealous. Saul and so forth. Oh, <laughs> great, great guy. And 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 one of the reasons I got to hang out with him for, for a little while was because I knew that he had found Brian Cranston 
in an episode that he had written for the X-Files when when he was a writer, because that's where it all all starts. These producers that are amazing are all Mm -hmm. terrific writers. And so I walked up to him and said, hey, Vince, um, am I right? Were you the guy who wrote that episode where 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 Brian Cranston was riding in the back of that uh, cab with um, during that episode of of X-Files? He was like, yes. And so they found, you know, they they clicked during that episode years earlier and when he was doing breaking bad he knew that brian was the guy he was connected to you know spiritually creatively whatever you want to call it and the rest is television history so wow fun stuff that's crazy. that was just a little weird fact that i knew that allowed me to chat chat it up with vince (laughs) and at the time i remember when i talked to him he said yeah we're working on a spinoff series i said what's that he says it's called better call saul and i was like you're kidding i hope it's great (laughs) so and now i'm anticipating because they just signed another deal that they're developing i forget her name the actress on better call saul who's fantastic Mm. with ria seahorn who is the main actress on better call saul now actually i i misspoke I am not sure that it's a spinoff, but they're doing a series. Mm. So we're going to see Vince Gilligan and the whole creative team over there hooking up now with Rhea Seahorn. Uh, you guys hear about Pope Francis. Usually when we hear words, right, you're like, did you hear what, what did Pro, Pope Francis tweet? Or what well, he doesn't tweet. You know, he's not up there like on Twitter. <laughs> he, uh, but, but you know what? Like, oh, my God. Whenever he's trending on Twitter, I always like, oh, I cringe, right? Whenever I see Pope Francis, oh, no, what do you say? But this time... He actually uh, said some things that are surprisingly, or some people would say, not me, but some people would say uh, Catholic. (laughs) Um, This is per Washington Examiner. Now, quote, uh, gender ideology today is one of the most dangerous ideological colonizations. Why is it dangerous? Because it blurs the difference and the value of men and women. All humanity is the tension of differences. So... Like, again, like we said, usually it's like, oh, no, he said something kind of cringe. or But now he's like, whoa. And then I, some people are, are getting a lot of backlash. Pope Francis says some things that I kind of just close my eyes sometimes. Uh, but he is our Holy Father, and I submit to him. I don't be like, he's not the Pope. You know, I'm not a Alex Jones like, ah, oh, he's not the Pope. And he's screaming and all the, like, conspiracy theories. No, he is the Pope. We submit to him. Uh, but sometimes he does, you know, kind of say some stuff. But this one is something that he says it makes a good point. A little bit, not different, but um, it's a little different from what, what people might attack him for. But uh, when he says that, like colonizing, and to me that's very interesting because like you have the the later feminists like uh, Simone de Bois and all of them like in the second wave, third waves, fourth waves. And I remember in one of the books, I think it came out a long time ago, I think in, in 1949, it, it's one of her books and one of the famous lines of Simone Beaudois, um, it's quoted as saying, one is not born, but rather becomes a woman. No biology, psych- psychology, or economic fate determines the figure that the human female presents in society. So... You hear that quoted time. I've heard that quote so many. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Um, you have other people talking about how a, a child is is a um, impediment to a woman's body or freedom, right? Uh, that a woman that can procreate, she's capable of bearing children. That is like a barrier, like an anchor, and so you need to free her from that. 
it's at odds with the woman's freedom. And how do you fix the woman's freedom? Well, you take away that barrier of child rearing or childbearing, and you have elements of the gender theory. That's where you see really development as like, oh, gender's a social construct. Uh, Rousseau, Jacques Rousseau, uh, whether it's the, the French Revolution, the Enlightenment, I actually see forms of, of the Gnostic heresy. Uh, in that, it says, you know, the real person is the mind. That's where it is. And you have to transcend the body to liberate itself. So you see all different types of stuff like this. Even in the 1970s, you had feminine, the, the feminist revolution. Uh, one, of her, uh, one of the most famous one, uh, Sumit uh, Firestone, calls to mind that we should bring an end to the whole sex distinction. So if, if you think about that, kind of wanting to make men and women differences like, meh, they, they, they no longer matter. They're not important. And you see a lot of, of these Judas Butler, right? Another famous feminist, Judas Butler. They push this concept of gender fluidity, fluidity saying that there's it's fluid. And, and I really, really, nobody really talks about that. And so when Pope Francis talks about colonization of ideologies, you don't hear that too much. I think we have to start this discussion with a definition of gender ideology. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many things happening around our genders that the Pope could weigh in on, right? But yeah. gender ideology refers to attitudes regarding the appropriate roles, rights, and responsibilities of men and women in society. Okay. Traditional gender ideologies emphasize certain values where men fulfill things and women fulfill things in family roles, right? So what he is saying is that this is dangerous because it is upsetting the apple cart. It is um, referring to societal beliefs that uh, that basically um, throw up, uh, confuse maybe gender inequality or gen- gender ideology, uh, can be ranging from conser- appropriateness in, cons- in conservative circles and in liberal circles, and it's 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 all attacking what what is he most concerned about a uh, concerned concerned about I think he's concerned about the family how this is going to affect the family how it's going to support uh, certain genders how it's going to measure um, things in our society. When you talk about some of these roles, uh, feminism, uh, um, things that can be traced back, you know, to early earlier parts of, of this century, what has happened and what role has the church played? Has a, has the church uh, been uh, vocal enough when we've seen these changes? Uh, have they not been? He is obviously a very vocal, very connected, very outspoken pope, right? But at the end of the day, um, the problem that we're having as well is that we're 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 being we're in a world where you're born one sex, and you can decide no, this is not my sex. Uh, I am uh, this or that or the other, right? And it affects the way that we all react. Not that we react, especially are called to react in the Catholic faith with love towards everyone, and really. Like uh, Father Will said during one of our podcasts, sex is such a small part of who you are, and, yes. and sex yeah, is, it is. Yeah. And, and 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 you know what? So this gender 
ideology and the fact that everyone explodes. It's such a divisive, such an explosive um, thing that everybody talks about is, you know, these are strong sentiments uh, for strong agreement and for strong disagreement. And so everybody gets up in arms about it. And when you look back historically at all the things that would have upset a pope, uh, uh, you can see why why he's being vocal about this. So yeah. I know there's a great schism in the United Methodist Church that came up yes. uh, in a conversation for me yesterday, wow. which uh, they're looking at a huge division because they cannot agree in, mm. within the United Methodist Church, for example, how to serve the LGBTQ, uh, transgender, etc. groups that are coming into their church. And um, there are strong beliefs and strong uh, opinions on either side. And it's going to end up splintering, uh, it looks like, yeah. that um, that whole um, denomination or, you know, the, the, that, that church. So, yeah, the Pope yeah. has a right to speak up. It may not be the most popular belief. Uh, and, and I haven't dived very much into what he, what he has said. But it definitely, he feels that it blurs the differences and the values of men and women, especially when uh, when there's a lot of tension right yeah. so yeah Stephen. uh there's you know in the fem talking about the feminists um one of them that stand up to them uh margaret mccarthy she you know judas butler and and all the other ones um she would say that um gender ideology is founded on a view of the body as a problematic limit to freedom and she says that that's not right that's a night that's not a right world view that gender i Gender isn't a noun or adjective, man or woman, masculine or feminine, but rather a verb that constructs. And again, she would stand up to Simone de Bois and all of the other ones. Do you see this like as a, a colonization tool from like other countries that are in a way they're kind of colonizing the indigenous people, like let's say in the Amazon or, or Mexico or any other country? Do you kind of see that way or do you take a different uh, but I want to go back to what you were saying before, because uh, you said something about um, the Pope um, <clears throat> and how people said that uh, uh, he's not the Pope and there's Alex Jones conspiracy theories oh, and all yeah. that stuff. And I think I can answer for them like what you were saying, like on their behalf, because I do actually watch interview with well, Alex Jones. I actually prefer Owen Schroyer. Um, but uh, I think they're thinking more along the lines. Have you seen Little Nicky? With uh, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, you know when yes, uh, uh, the little yeah the little brother or the little brothers come down or from from hell and they come up or they come up to earth and one of them takes over like I think he's, he's supposed to be like the pope and he's speaking to the congregation, but he's the devil and he's standing on the pizza. Oh man, I don't uh, remember that. I just remember uh, Popeye's you, chicken. Well, yeah, if you go part. if you go back, there's a scene where the brother yeah. takes over like the pope, or and he goes to the congregation, and then the other brother has taken over like the mayor, and they're like both cheering on like sin, sin, sin. So I think they're speaking as in the fact that is like the, the devil can even get into the pope. Like mm. no one's really, uh, you know, hundred percent. Like everyone's trying to get rid of the family, and a lot of people will say they don't believe in god but like after this you should because everything has been in a complete tag on uh the image of god yeah the imago dehi um, um so was, other than that that's all i gotta say about it yeah <laughs> well how do we how do, uh the methodist church doesn't know how to handle them or something like that i, I mean I, i'm not saying it's easy but i think the formula is, is i mean to to love them to welcome them in 
but also not get rid of the truth, not enable sin, and know that God is is love and He's mercy, but He's also just. He also does the punishing. But so I th- it's a balance. It, you can't turn them away, and you can't mm-hmm. enable and say, "Oh, there's no such thing as sin." Exactly. But uh, but speaking of punishing, uh, <laughs> John Bernthal's my man. John Bernthal's is coming back as the Punisher in the Disney uh, Plus series of Daredevil, a good Catholic. And it actually, I said actually. Did you hear that? <laughs> I said no, actually, actually. Actually, that's a new word. Actually, uh, Frank Castle. Um, he was raised Catholic in a lot of the iterations of the comic book. Did you know that? Did you guys know that? Any of you? Uh, I did. I read a lot of comics. I did. Did you know that, Dusty? Um, that he grew. No, up you were the one who actually. I had not even seen uh, Daredevil. It's one of the yeah. series that I've got to catch up on. I oh, do yeah. want to see it because the the little bits and pieces that I've seen look like they're incredibly well produced and and it looks fantastic and i know it's cast fantastic but uh i i i didn't even know that they have so much uh, catholicism apparently in there is that what you were insinuating yeah well daredevil's cat through and through like the whole show it's like uh, and they treat it well it's not we'll, we'll get into another show later on that that it, it treats christianity uh as best as as it could in in today's climate uh but the punisher um he's not technically catholic i think he's like agnostic or something but he grew up his character grew up catholic so okay. him and the uh him and daredevil matt murdock frank castle when they go back and forth they kind of understand each other you know frank castle throughout his comic book run um, and he started, he made his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man issue 129, like in yeah. 1974. He was supposed to be like an assassin uh, going after yeah, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. So, and again, he's like an Italian-American. Um, you know the story. Uh, his family gets killed. He was a Marine. He witnesses his whole fa- horrible killing in New York. And the Punisher, he's like a one-man band, you know. Uh, he's a veteran, all this stuff. Like, really good guy. He's a shooter. He can fight. Guerrilla Warfare master marksmanship but he's famous for the skull on his chest and he right. grew up catholic so as his run and even in movies sometimes uh they might depict that little um uh catholic that grew up you know so uh dusty i know you said that that you didn't see the netflix series or anything like that but right. what about john bernthal do you like him as an actor i i do and i think i think um even though he always plays sort of the same type of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've heard <laughs> reviews and they said that his performance yeah. was equally parts He's always like this, like... and vulnerable and menacing at the same <laughs> so, time. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. You can't save him, Rick. Right? Like, Rick, you can't save him, Rick. Yeah. yeah uh, Steven. I... <laughs> so you, yeah, that's when I, right. Uh, um, I first saw him in walking dead. Um, I loved him. And, he comes out in Wolf of Wall Street. He comes out in even the Ben, uh, the Accounted with Ben Affleck. I, I think he's a really great actor. Fury. He has a good podcast that he had. He, he was actually the well. first one. Yeah, he's the first one who had Shia LaBeouf on when Shia LaBeouf did his conversion to Catholicism. He was the first one that invited uh, Shia LaBeouf to come on mm-hmm. his podcast, and they talked for like two hours. But Stephen, you said you loved comic books. Uh, what are your favorite runs of The Punisher, and and what do you? Why do you like The Punisher? Oh. Why are you sadistic? Are you you love eating, mur- uh, killing, and no, no. um, I love the well, like you said, I love the back and forth he did with, does with Daredevil, yeah, and uh, the whole Daredevil racism. I take him out, you know. You can kind of reach, you can kind of see the, you know, that he's right, but at the same time, he, you know, he's playing God almost at the same sense. But um, 
then we don't know who's directing him, you know, the devil or God, then that becomes a whole situation. So I always just gotten always intrigued behind it. That's why I was always also interested in a lot of mass murderers and why they did what they did. And I researched and all that stuff. I was really into psychology. So it was more of just a, it was more just, you know, he didn't just stop the bad guys from doing more crimes. Yes, he just did. He just stopped them because the daredevil didn't stop them. He would stop them. He, they'd, go, they'd go out and do it again. So it made sense to me. Something that I love too is I, I don't know if all of us have it. I know Dusty, I think, has it. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Stephen of Hallowed. It's an app, a meditation app. Have you guys heard of that? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of it. I think I have it, or my wife has it. I love it. I think it's really, really good. I'm a, I'm a paid subscriber. You know, maybe we could do an advertisement one day. I don't know. Hey, hello, we're here. If you want to uh, call us up, but yeah, this is a story for uh, per the raw story, and I'm gonna read the headline. It's popular prayer app pushes fringe elements on the Catholic right into mainstream. And reading a little bit from this article that came out, it says a popular Catholic app with financial backings from Peter T Peter Tia and JD Vance is helping push fringe figures into the religious mainstream media. The hollow app has been touted by actor Mark Wahlberg and singer um, Andre Bocillo in this first faith based app to break into the top 10 downloads from a Apple store. Wow. Now that is impressive. You know, of course, Jen Caviezel is on there, uh, but a lot of people are criticizing it because they say Jen Caviezel has pushed QAnon conspiracy theories. I never heard of that, but that's what the article says. You know, also it talks about how like they have the anti-abortion activists, uh, Lila Rose delivering prayers. So they don't like that. They said there's a lot of anti-choice themes and several chastity influencers who promote anti-LGBT messaging. And um, that that's news to me because Hallow app is not far right. Like, like, just look at the app. It is not far right. Like, if, if the Hallow app is far right, then I'm the leader of the Proud Boys. <laughs> I'm Q and QAnon, or I'm Alex Jones, or something like that. Like, you gotta get the app and the app, all this stuff. Like, no, that is. I mean, come on. Like, this is re uh, Dusty. Uh, you you're familiar with the app. Does it? Do you get a whiff, a big whiff of right, far right Catholics on there? No, absolutely not. Now, conservative. <laughs> it's a conservative app that tries to go. I'll just say you know, reach the yeah. mainstream. Mainstream audience will teaching scripture and rooted uh, rooted in scripture and uh, in line with church teachings what and so concept. forth. But I've I've never seen anything like like they're alleging here. But you know, we Catholics and we Christians are the bad guys these days. So you know, what do you expect? Yeah. I guess yeah, it's a, yeah. I, I wouldn't if I would have seen that headline. Honestly, I, I wouldn't have even clicked on it. It just yeah. it's a non-issue for me. Well, it got me because I was like, well, I, it made me laugh. Like I had a, I laughed about it. I wrote it down in my journal and I laughed about it later. Like I had a good laugh. That's, I just, I just started thinking, I, I, like I go to sleep at night and I just woke up in the middle of the night and I just started chuckling because I remembered it. Steven, you were going to say something? Oh, um, no, what were you saying? Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying like, uh, it's a good laugh because I think that's, I'm telling you it's not far right catholics oh, you got yeah. mark Wahlberg. you got a bishop baron you got oh no i was thinking to say just what i said before is just a complete tag on um the image of uh christ and um it's uh i think for the article it's msn you see i believe uh so msn yeah yeah, yeah any mainstream article they're they're 
I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I think they're devil worshippers, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> well, they're queuing like, on. There's other but things. They need to be. Yeah, I'll be called conspiracy theorists. So they need to be saved. Well, and, we're gonna get shut down now. Faith reason. That's our last episode. <laughs> um, no, they can be saved, you know. But I just yeah, think, you know, um, just like whenever they said, uh, "Oh, Layla Rose, the anti-abortionist." Like you notice how they uh, they they play with words, euphemism. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. oh pro life. It's anti-abortion. And speaking of that, goes right into. So by the way, uh, real quick before we transition, uh, Hallow app. You guys can get it downloaded for eleven ninety nine. No, I, actually, I don't know what it is. But Hallow, reach out to us. Come on, I'll I'll be your 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 right wing <laughs> leader. I guess if it's supposedly <laughs> if it's supposedly this right wing media. But actually, that makes me like it even more now that it like pissed people off. Right. Like I'm like, now I love it more. So thank you. That's good. Uh, advertisement. There's going to be a lot of traditional Catholics that see this. I'm like, Hmm. Far right extremist. Hmm. We got to get this honey, uh, download the app, but uh perfect transition. Um, California, you have governor Gavin Newsom who has cut withdrew from listen to this. Are you guys sitting down a $54 million contract with Walgreens. And the reason he's doing that is because Walgreens will not distribute abortion pills. So they're threatening to take it away. Actually, in Texas, uh, they're challenging it to make it illegal nationwide for abortion pills. Which, by the way, it was funny. One time I was listening to... Um, uh, I think it was, I can't recall. It's, it's like NPR kind of, but it, it's something like that. But anyway, I was listening to one of those cause to get content, I'm like, what, it, what I want to know what everyone says. So I'll, I'll just purposely like stick my hand. Like I'll watch young Turks every now and then just to like stick my hand in the filth. And so, and what, it was funny the way, like the way they, whenever it's abortion, the way they, the way they talk about it, it's like, like we are the bad guys to them. They're like I, this, the the right. And uh, in one of the articles or one of the podcasts, they were talking about how like abortion pills, um, it's safe and effect. It's a hundred percent safe. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. You know, there's some bleeding, and you might bleed out, and then have to go to the hospital. But other than that, it's uh, like literally that's what they said. Like, like literally that's what they're, it's safe. But you might bleed out. You might go to the hospital. But other than that, it's safe. They said those words, and I was like, man. First of all, pills that do something that to your body, like in the mail, that just sounds wrong. And Gavin Newsom is like, yes, big pharma, and yes, killing babies. How dare you stop us? How dare you, Walgreens? All right. The chains uh, basically saying that they're not going to dispense an abortion pill in 21 states where Republican attorneys general yes. – have threatened legal action against the pharmacies if they do basically there's a 21 red states mm. okay and that is what has upset the blue state of california the fact that these guys have pulled back and said listen man uh we cannot distribute the the abortion uh regimen pill uh because it's either banned or laws proposing or pending legislation would prevent our pharmacists from dispensing the pills that's it that's basically wow. all that Walgreens has said in this very complicated uh, decision, you know, post uh, Roe v. Wade, right? So um, that had been wow. enshrined as a national right to an abortion for the last 50 years. That's so, even worse for Gavin Newsom because he's not saying like, you know, oh, your state could do what you want. He's like, I'm controlling my state, but I don't like that. Your state way over there. That's even worse for him. 
Wow. Well, it just sounds like typical, uh, in my opinion, typical Democrat behavior. Uh, they whine and complain when they don't get their way. Um, and he doesn't have to worry about anything because he'll get all the money he wants from the Democrat Party, uh, yeah. which gets all their money from, you know, where. I won't mention it because, you know, <laughs> fear like... backlash, you know, <laughs> or I'll be drafted to the Ukrainian war. But I was going to see like you and then a black bag goes over your head. Right now. Steven, Steven, oh, are you there? I just see a black <laughs> black bag over your head. And you just get taken out. Um, but yeah, um, he'll get he'll be protected. He doesn't worry, but he's not worried about the money. He's not worried about the people because he's protected by a lot and, of people. You know, one of the one of the things that uh, that that he is upset about that Gavin Newsom is upset about is because they, uh, the state of California, the department of corrections, California department of corrections and rehabilitation in its correctional healthcare system is one of the biggest users of this prescription drug really? in the state. Yes. Yes. Wow. I didn't so, know that makes sense. There it is. Yeah. So he, you know, he, he, he's gonna, he's gonna have to find the, the, the drug to buy somewhere else, but, um, He's definitely, uh, you know, against it. Like you said, it looks like a little tantrum going on here. Yeah. Walgreens, uh, a spokesman said, we're deeply disappointed by the decision by the state of California not to renew our longstanding contract due to false and misleading information. So this is obviously one you can dive into and go back and forth on and you get into the, the intrinsic <laughs> details. But on face value, and this is coming from somebody who considers themselves neither uh, a left winger or a right winger. I'm pretty much middle of the road. Non-binary. I'm just yeah, <laughs> I will. You're hey, politically wait fluid. Now. Wait a minute now. Um, that's a nice thing you, you've said about me today. Uh, in any case, you know, this is this is not political for me. This is uh, certainly part of my faith. But yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is. This isn't necessarily just a Democratic and Republican issue. This is obviously a Life. very deep, uh, pronounced thing that's happening now. And it's co it's costing this company at least $54 million wow. in the form of a contract. Oh, yeah. And so, what's your yeah. experience? Because you spent in, in, in California for a long, long, many years. So um, how was Gavin Newsom like over there? He was a very... Um, What's the polarizing personality? A lot of people in California do not like Gavin Newsom. Really? Uh, yes, yes. Wow, so, I know that. So, yeah. So, it's not, you know, like everybody just follows follows in uh, uh, lockstep yeah. with him. So, But I know a movie that I really, really like, and I pretty sure you guys like it too is Beetlejuice. Well, it had breaking news uh per the Hollywood Reporter or reporter. Did you I don't know what's wrong with me today. Hollywood Reporter <laughs> Reporter. Oh my goodness. Uh actually one of my favorite sites cuz they're pretty reliable. You know, there's them, Vanity Fair, you know, they're, they're they're pretty reliable when they make these, you know, news breaking stuff like that. But uh, apparently they're eyeing Jenna Ortega to be in Beetlejuice 2. Now, of course, I've never really seen the show on Netflix. It's very popular. The Wednesday, right? The spinoff of the Adams, Adams Family. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the Wednesday star, Jenna Ortega, she's blowing up. And so it looks like they're circling her to try to be in the film of the part two. Uh, Steven, uh, are you a Beetlejuice fan? Did you like that movie? Yes. Uh, I've, been, I've been following the post-production Really? Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, yes. I yeah. have been following them, um, and I have the. 
Yeah, I've been following it uh, a lot. Like it's been going through post production for a while. Like good, good yes. while. Um, uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope. I hope it does. But if it does, uh, yeah. I mean, she's. I haven't seen her in anything, but it'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier and funnier every time I see it. That's like that's one oh, of my right. favorite lines. Remember? Well, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. Goodness, I'll tell you what. What are, what else are we seeing here that we we talked about earlier? Inclusion. Jenna Ortega. A Where nice, is she from? A nice uh, Latino girl, right? She would be playing the daughter of Winona uh, or Winona Ryder's character Lydia in the sense. original. Yeah, so, it makes sense. Yeah. But I'll inclusion, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that is the that is the 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 opportunity to work in today's Hollywood with iconic directors and wonderful uh, uh, movie platforms. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's 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 everywhere. Get used you to know, it. I I was even telling my brother in laws and and I was half jokingly and and half like fully being serious. I was joking with them on on the weekend. I was like, man, we're talking about that inclusion. And I was like, man, I'm gonna change my my name back to my birth name. My birth name is Rogelio, right? I'm Roger, but uh, my real name on my birth certificate, my government name is a Rogelio. And I was like, I'm gonna go back to that uh, to get like you know, <laughs> hey, I gotta play the yeah. game. They set the game like that. I'm just playing it. So they're like, are you serious? I was like, no, actually, I, I kind of. Of them like i'm thinking yeah. about doing it like on legal stuff if you do something i'm gonna uh, go back to rogelio just to like oh oh he's la he's latinx look at that latinx guy everybody so that man i'll give us more download just from the pure oh speaking of that real quick uh steven we're talking to the other steven from catholic comedy and of uh, steven Longoria that's on the show right now you're hispanic steven from catholic comedy is the opposite he is not that he is not oh, a minority yeah. so i was like how am i gonna because when we're talking one time you guys were on zoom and i was like steven you're like yes yes and he was like yes i was like uh i'm gonna i gotta come up with a name so i was like i'm gonna call you marginalized steven and the other catholic comedy i'm gonna call him uh privileged steven so privileged steven gotcha. marginalized steven all right there you so go <laughs> no mean to uh don't mean to cut you off you might have finished oh, yeah. the show without me but i gotta run to work oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sorry yeah. i forgot no, you good. said you had you a time good. limit all right yeah we had steven and on the show we'll talk we got one last topic and i guess me and you dusty will talk about that all right peace brother nice to see all you all right good talking to you i was having fun all right bye-bye god bless okay so now i'm not gonna spoil the very very end right let in case someone didn't see it but i wanted to talk about the season wrap-up of the last of us series finale i've been waiting to talk about the show because i really i mean there's a lot of problems morally but like overall just from a pure story from pure story from pure uh visual media from from a tv standpoint like man this is a great show uh i'm not gonna talk about the last last season because it was deep and emotional maybe somebody haven't seen it but up until then what do you think of the show so far dusty and does it live up to the hype i found it refreshing that we finally see a television show or motion picture whatever a big budget production based on a video game yeah that was done correctly I, I think done correctly means well written i think that it was captivating yes. that it was well acted well produced uh not just insulting to our intelligence this was deep thought um a lot of entertainment value uh last night i was talking to a, a, a friend who is a, a minister at a, a 
interestingly at United Methodist Church. <laughs> and um, and we were talking about that, uh, the fact that uh, um, Pascal is yeah. a guy who grew up in San Antonio, Texas. And yeah. how cool is that? Like this guy is all over television on, on two of television's biggest shows right now, right? Yeah. The, uh, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian and, 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 and the last of us. And as we discussed on this podcast before, you can see his arc as a character actor getting better and better as he's gone on uh, and done more and more projects. So I guess, and what I said to him was, okay, and and for not ruining anybody or any anyone who has not seen the series, I said to him, "Okay, you are a Methodist, and you guys are having this big, um, you know, schism in your in your faith about how to handle LGBTQ issues, and you're asking me whether or not The Last of Us is a show worth watching." My answer is 100% yes. However, I'm going to tell you that you're going to have to strap your seat belt in for episode number <laughs> two or three whatever it, it was, was three uh, it's three it was three yeah so uh and we're, seven we're two or the other <laughs> in in a post-apocalyptic america yeah. we have a basically a gay storyline a gay couple extremely well written extreme uh fantastic performances by the actors in that in that show um we sat through it you know biting our nails along with everybody else and uh but i had to warn him because I didn't know which side of the schism he was falling in or what his what he's an older gentleman. I didn't know what his opinions were, but he was straight up asking me, is this a show worth watching? And the answer is yes, because, um, you know, the cream rises to the top. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that we the thing we mentioned, talked about, like how movies and entertainment. My thing is, you know, we're made to go into the culture, right? Like there are, there have been times when I had the mindset of the Benedict option where I'm like, let's just go into the mountains. Come on, everybody. Let's go to the mountains and build our own community. And that's good. Like you need to have your own community. But we can't just isolate. We have to go into the world, right? We have to evangelize. We're called to make disciples of many nations, not just um, just you know, scream into an echo chamber of our own making. And that's what this show is about. This show is to cross, you know, cross, uh, move your hand across the table to the other person who may not be into Catholicism. We may not nerd out on the Virgin Mary and the typology and she's the Ark of the Covenant. And I love that stuff, but not everyone's going to be like that. And just to get them nibbling, just to get them nibbling, uh, that's, that's what I want to do too, is, is we want to, uh, be the bridge, so to speak. And that's why we need to be in the culture. Right. And yeah, like from a pure writing standpoint, the drama, the mood, the tension, this is a dark show. The mood is always there. The tension is always there. The cinematography is there. Um, I love the colors, the way the look, the, um, the makeup and hair, the, the practical effects are crazy. The cordyceps look disgusting. Like, man, <laughs> hair and makeup, all of it. Um, the look of it, the, the snow, they're in the woods. Uh, but from a moral standpoint, of course, there's some stuff that you, as, as Catholics, we're like, oh, man, we, obviously you don't let little kids watch this uh, or we might roll our eyes and stuff. But see me, and this is uh, my own opinion, just talking for myself, not anyone else. But in my opinion, if there are certain things you struggle with, you should just flat out stay away from shows or TVs, even if they're really, really good. But for my, and I hope it's not arrogance or pride, but for me, I've lived in the world until I was 30. 
and I, I did all this stuff and I, I'm, I revert it, you know, about six, seven years ago. And I don't miss any of that stuff, any of the, 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 uh, more, uh, the immoral stuff that goes on. So when I look at it, I look at it from the eyes of Christ and I look at, I can enjoy like what it's in scripture. I don't know if, if Dusty could help me out, but where it's like pretty much take the good, leave the bad, right? I think St. Paul says it, take the good, leave the bad. And for me, whenever I watch shows like this, I'm that personality type that I can watch it and enjoy the good and leave the bad stuff in there. Uh, what about you, Dusty? What is your opinion on that? Are you like that or do you kind of uh, see the point? I will watch something if people in the industry are talking about it if i know the quality is good it's so hard for me to show and uh, to 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 find a show that i'm really going to be devoted to that i'm going to latch on to to spend hours you know watching it play out um it's hard for me because i come from a background of production of writing of of producing and you know, you know, quality, right? It's almost like asking a guy who makes cars for a living. Hey, what do you think of this car? Like it's going <laughs> to yeah. take, it's take, it, it will take a very special car for, for that guy to, yeah. to, to feel really good about it. Right. And so most of the time I'm like, nah, pass, pass, pass on a lot of stuff, even stuff that blows up and that's doing well. If, if I sense even that it's just kind of half-assed and not well done, I'm not going to yeah. spend time watching it. This is good television. We are in the era of the golden era of television right now. We're yeah. seeing shows that look like motion pictures that are produced with budgets of motion pictures yeah. that are that are well written, well cast, uh, well um, well produced in, in so many different ways that are fantastic. Um, so, and this is one of them for me, I think yeah. that it captured my attention. It's it really, is kind of a simple concept and, and really at first bite you go, Oh, another, <laughs> another, a zombie show yeah. really, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it? And, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, and it has, uh, this quality, the writing itself is, is of the quality that you, you, you are not going to get what you expect. Even yeah. though you think you know what's going to happen next, usually doesn't happen. And uh, I haven't seen the finale, by the way. I'm going to watch it. But I understand that that's part of what happened there, too, because a lot of people are talking about it. So um, as far as um, the Bible verse, one that I remember was Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, that said, test them all, but hold on to what is good. Test yes. everything that is said, but hold on to what is good. I don't know if that's yeah. the one you were thinking about. Yeah. But Okay. But like right from episode one, the way it started, like right away when you don't really know, you know something. I love that opening where they're like in the 1970s and they're talking about the, oh, what are you afraid of? Funguses or diseases? They're like, no. Oh, yeah. Fung <laughs> that was so captivating and dark, right? Because we just came through the COVID. So it's like so yeah. eerie. And then it goes into the, I love those like, what do they call them? They'll call It's the first act. I don't know why. I love first act of the movies. And those are technically the easier. Third act's always hard. But the yeah. I love first act of the movie when it's the the world before right the yeah. world before and they're just kind of going out their lives you see pedro pascal with his daughter but you know something's going on weird i love it i just love the first act um and well, then what, the, the 
I was, was just going to say real funny. It's funny to me because when just even a couple of years ago, I remember I had a, a pill bottle for I'm big into natural medicine and natural, yeah. you know, healing stuff. And somebody recommended taking cordyceps, which is oh, a, a oh fungus, which is yeah. a fungus that is grown mostly in China. Well, but it I'm has never a taking lot it again. <laughs> it, it has a lot of like medical health uh, <laughs> benefits, including anti anti cancer properties and stuff. It's a real so thing. So I remember ordering and yeah. having in my and taking. Oh, gross cordyceps right and so that was the first thing that jumped out at me when i'm watching i started yeah. laughing i'm like oh great i'm gonna become a zombie now yeah. and that's so, a real thing but that, that, that you know fungus, it's very well done it really does that to the yeah. ants it it's a thing it's re- literally it it gets into the ants brain and then the ants attack other it's creepy it's a real thing if it ever cross wow. species and and diseases do that every now and then they jump species and right. uh, hopefully true. that doesn't happen well, but of course you talked hopefully talk- not <laughs> hopefully you talked about but it's funny episodes- because when you watch the show so much of it is not about zombies no. really it's no. about humans it's about the survival of, of 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 humans and human nature and trust and uh, faith even man yeah. you want to talk about you know christians being made into bad guys yeah. watch episode oh, yeah. seven you know of yes. that one so um yeah, yeah we won't ruin it we won't get into any spoilers but if you haven't seen the last of us it's definitely worth watching yeah. it's very well written i'm sure it's going to get a lot of awards next year at the emmys oh, yeah. and so forth um and and one of the better if not the best uh zombie project that i've seen yeah but speaking of that, you touched on it. That's another thing too. It's like, uh, it's a big thing of anti-Christianity, and I don't really say anti-Christian because I'm so used. Unfortunately, we're so used to it. I'm like, huh. Of course, just like the women talking, religion mm-hmm. bad, men bad. So I'm kind of used to it, which sucks. But yeah, that one where the, the you hear the guy reading the Bible verse, and I think somebody on Twitter, I saw the same tweet before you sent it to me, that he's like, oh, I knew it was going to be a bad guy. Right? In every movie, if somebody- As soon as you saw read, him reading scriptures from the Bible, yeah. you knew he was going to be a bad guy. Remember Matt Reeves, the Planet of the Apes 3 with, uh, yes. what's his name? Woody Harrelson. And he's yes. like preaching, and he's the, every, right? Like I say eight, nine it's out of be- 10 times, they're bad yeah. guys. That was a yes. good episode. Very dark episode. Even the one with the the uh, where they meet the two brothers. Oh man, oh man, that was a heart at the oh, end. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, my goodness. I forgot but, about that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Very no, it's episode. really well worth watching. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Again, please subscribe. Man, I keep uh, I keep telling myself I need to say that at the beginning, but I never do. So, but please, uh, five star rating helps us out. Reviews help us out. There's a, a, a gang of, of of witches, and and I say that with a hundred percent seriously. It's not a joke. Uh, there was like a a group of witches led by at least one real witch um, that that reviewed bomb us uh so if you guys could help us out it's a real thing uh go ahead give us a five-star rating and a review uh we'd really appreciate it spotify apple iheart um hopefully you guys will join us next week because it's going to be a really good episode can't wait for you guys so once again i'm roger and i'm dusty good night and god love you